You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. With Danny, I'm Grant. This is The Fan. Commanders interviewing offensive coordinating candidates, including Pat Shermer, today. We will get into that at 525. Also an update on Dan Snyder and a potential sale of the team. Why isn't Jeff Bezos in the mix yet? Is he going to be? And the number's a little lower than was expected. Still great. Still be a record. Over $6 billion. But will it get to the $7 billion that was originally surmised if Snyder does sell this team that he might be able to get. We'll get into those things coming up in about 20 minutes. Right now, our guy Jay Gruden, the former head coach here in Washington, joins us for his weekly appointment, 5 o'clock every Monday. Of course, we were out yesterday. He joins us on G&D. Jay, good to talk to you again. How are you? Did you say $6 billion? $6 billion, man. $6 plus. God. Good for Dan. I don't know if you mean that. <laughs> I mean, $6 billion? Unbelievable! It's going anyway, for more I'm than that, good, Jay. Man. It's beautiful down here. What? It's it's going to go for more than that. That's just that's to get your foot in the door. That's yeah, to get considered that's the serious. Introductory bids. They're saying it could get to seven. What do you buy it for? Uh, Eight hundred million. Seven. Yeah, I was going to say less, like <laughs> six hundred million or something like that. Oh my goodness sakes! That tells me he's a. Doesn't that tells you how good of a businessman Savvy, he is? Sharp. No, really sharp it's guy. It's amazing. Amazing. I mean. He's going to make $6 billion on this thing? Yeah, right around there. Oh, well, congrats. That's what happens when shout, you run a... Shout out my guy, Dan. That's what happens when you run a company so run, well. Run an airtight ship like that? When, when you run a team, for, when you run anything for 30 years and you run it really effectively, sometimes the good guys win too, you know what I mean? I mean, you guys got a good company. How much could you sell yours for? Uh, that's Tens of dollars. Yeah, I think probably 14 bucks. <laughs> I mean, the Grant and Danny show could go for what? What do you think? Uh, last time it was put on the market for sale, we didn't get any bids. So, oh, okay. Didn't meet the reserve price on eBay, and we just came back bad, to work the next bad, day. Bad, compa- bad comparison. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, let's run through some of these games with you, Coach. Let's go through them in order. Uh, first game of the weekend, Niners destroyed the Seahawks. Kyle Shanahan's scheme with Brock Purdy, hard to slow down, 332-3. and three. My question on this game how much of it is Purdy? How much of it is the 49ers offense? Well, it's a combination of a lot of things. They play good defense, number one. Um, Seattle played pretty well early. They took the lead early, and uh, Seattle didn't blink. I mean, uh, San Fran didn't blink, blink, and they have really good players. Skilled players uh, really run the show over there. Debo Samuel's as good as anybody. He can play running back and receiver, obviously. Brandon Ayuk has really stepped up into a quality receiver, number one or number two receiver. So he's another good player. And obviously Christian McCaffrey is a game-changing back out of the backfield in the passing game. And obviously he can run between the tackles or get outside. And and, uh, they can hit you in a lot of different ways. Do you think if you took Purdy out of San Fran and you dropped him into another random team that needs a quarterback, he would be really good? I mean, this was the last pick in the draft, and people are blown away by him. Like, what would he be in Washington or somewhere else without Kyle and, and these weapons and, and the good fortune of always playing with the lead with that defense. 
Well, you put him with some good skill players, he could be obviously effective because he's proven that he's a pretty darn good quarterback. He's good at Iowa State. I mean, he played a lot of years there and very productive. I know he was a late-round pick because of his size and his arm strength and all that stuff, but um, you know, you, you have to surround a guy like that with very good weapons. I mean, Philadelphia's got some good weapons. Obviously, Miami's got some great weapons. He'd be good there. Um, you know, you put him at the Giants, and I don't think he'd be as effective. Uh, they don't have as many skilled players other than Saquon. That's why Daniel Jones has been so good the last couple weeks or last month because he could use his legs and hit you with his uh, athletic ability. Um, but it just depends on the system and the people around you. Jay Gruden with us here on Grant and Danny. You mentioned Seattle hung tough early. What did they do that maybe a better team might be able to do to San Francisco? Like, did they give a recipe for how to hang with those guys? Well, I think they attacked their corners. I think their corners are good. Ward's a good player, but I think you still have to take shots. And they made some big plays. DK Metcalf made a couple of big plays, and that's where you have to hit them. I think it's very difficult to do the two-for-one run ratio against San Francisco that you guys really want to do at Washington. <laughs> you know, it's very hard to do that. you got to be able to take some shots down the field and hit some big plays, and they are susceptible to some big plays, and that's what Seattle did early. Jay, have you ever been on the Chargers' end? of a game in terms of having a commanding lead. It seems like it's over. And despite every statistical measure going your way, you somehow, you know, found a way to lose. Have you ever been on like one of those, one of the sides where it's just slipping away from you and you can't stop it. I can't remember one like that. Um, usually we're behind a lot, I guess <laughs> <laughs> we've come back a few times. I remember we came back against Tampa, Tampa Bay, yeah. say my job, I think, but, uh, um, that you, was know, the, it's, you know it's, what it's that game was? Difficult. That was the Code Red game. That's man. the you like that Code Red game. Code Red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very difficult to lose a uh, twenty-seven nothing lead. That's for sure. Um, but you know, I think I think really what turned that game around was the third down, a short jet sweep they tried. The Chargers they could have gone up thirty to nothing at the half. Instead, they fumbled that thing, punted, and the Jag- Jaguars got a touchdown at the end of the half, which gave them hope going into halftime and. Uh, you can't give a team like that hope because they have too many weapons as well. That's a great point. I had forgotten about that specific play. Jay Gruden with us here on Grant and Danny. Real quick before we move on from that game, I'm blown away by what Doug Peterson's done this year. And I, I liked him in Philly. I don't know if I properly respected him, though, offensively. What's your take on Peterson and what he's done for Lawrence and just in general, him as a coach, having gone head-to-head with him in D.C.? So I was there a couple of years ago, and uh, they got a new quarterback. They got the number one quarterback in the draft. They got three new receivers. They got a new tight end and a new back, and a new offensive guard and a new center. Um, so they've revamped that entire team offensively and defensively. So you got to give Trent Baalke some credit for uh, revamping the team from a skill standpoint and from a physical standpoint. You know, Coach Marone didn't have much of a chance. He's a darn good football coach, but the personnel just didn't didn't make any sense. Uh, now they've got some good personnel and they got a good coach who's sound in what he does. He's very balanced. They can hit you with the run. ETM had 100 yards rushing, over 100 yards. Zay Jones is involved. Marvin Jones made some plays. Ingram made some plays. Um, and obviously the quarterback is, is, is going to be a top-tier quarterback in about three or four years here, if not now. Jay, what did we learn about the Bills in squeaking that game out against a third-string quarterback from the Dolphins? Well, I'll tell you about the Bills. The Bills are, I mean, Josh Allen is, 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 He's a quarterback that you got to have. He's, he's, he's one of the best in the league, there's no doubt about it. But he, you're going to have to live with some of the mistakes. I mean, he had two interceptions and a costly fumble. Uh, they gave Miami uh, three scores, basically. So um, you're going to go as far as he goes, as far as his mistakes take you, I guess. I'm trying to explain a little bit. He's going to make some mistakes. If you can overcome the mistakes, 
uh, through 60 minutes, Josh is going to make enough plays to help you win. Um, they're they're going to have to score 30, 35 points to win games. Their pass rush is non-existent right now in Buffalo. Um, so so they, they have to score a lot of points, which means Josh is going to have the ball in his hands a lot, and, and he's going to throw some errant balls that's going to cost him. But at the end of the day, he's a great player, and uh, they're going to have to win like 35-31 every game. Giants went to and beat Minnesota on the road. You mentioned Daniel Jones and how great he's been lately. This was the signature performance. Threw for 300 in a pair, ran for 78 like he was Daniel Vick all over the place with design keepers. I know Minnesota's defense was dead last in a lot of categories this year and played awful, but should we take away from Jones? I mean, was he as good as the line, or was that more bad defense? What would you think? I think Daniel Jones played really, really good. I mean, I think he made himself a lot of money in the last month of the season. I mean, he can run um, 17 carries for over 70 yards. Uh, you know, it's, it's very hard for offensive coordinators. You know, I think think three or four or five coordinators got fired this year. Um, but when you can call a play and it's not there and your quarterback can get you the key first down with his legs, I don't know if you understand the importance of that and how important, I mean, how, how much that's worth. And I think Daniel Jones, he can throw the ball effective enough, uh, but he can hit you with the design quarterback runs and he can scramble when plays aren't there. You got to have that in this day of age in, in pro football. And he's, he's proven to be one of those guys that can and give you that, uh, give you that adversity or diversity, I should say. Jay, have you had a chance, and we're talking to Jay Gruden here on Grant and Danny, have you had a chance to either see the All-22 or any kind of look at what was available for Cousins on 4th and 8? I want to get your thought on that play. I did see that play, and uh, obviously they tried to throw the high 7 cut to uh, Justin Jefferson, but he was pretty much doubled. You know, they had safety over the top, and they had the corner running underneath them, and then uh, they matched up the tight end Hawkinson on that side. On the back side, they had a, a basic cross and a, and a post over the top, and and really the defensive end on the left side, I think I, I can't remember who it was, but he was bearing down on Kirk. Kirk felt the clock in his head. He knew he couldn't take a sack. And the only option he had, he couldn't really set his feet and launch it to, to Justin Jefferson like he did against Buffalo. Um, he wasn't open. So really he didn't have a lot of options other than trying to tuck it and run for the first down. I feel bad for Kirk in that situation. He's getting killed for that decision. But really that's the only option he had, in my opinion. Let's go to this Ravens-Bengals game here, Jay. To me, if I'm prescribing Baltimore's best chance, I would have pretty much described the game exactly as it went, right? We turn it into an AFC North kind of pushing contest, rock fight, sort of a war. Baltimore's going down with a chance to take a 24-17 lead in the fourth quarter, and it all comes crashing down. What would you make of that game? Yeah, typical AFC. Uh, I was in that conference for three yeah. years, and it's a bloodbath. I mean, it really is up front. It's a physical game. It's a grind to get five or ten yards. It's it, it's it's hard, and it's going to come down to a turnover. Uh, and, and it did come down to a turnover again. Um, just unfortunate for Baltimore that they try to launch quarterback sneak from the one and a half yard line. That's usually inside the one yard line play. But uh, hats off to Cincinnati. I'm glad for them. I love Mike Brown. I'm glad they won and they're going to advance. But it's going to be tough for them uh, at Buffalo without the offensive linemen that they have. With without the offensive linemen that are missing. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Cincinnati's perspective on this thing. How should they be feeling after that one? Obviously, you win a playoff game, you're happy, especially against a foe that knows you so well. But what do you think about them going forward? Yeah, I'm afraid for them because the offensive line is not very good right mm -hmm. now. And and I've been through that with the injuries that we have. You know, we have Trent Williams and Brandon Sheriff and all these guys. You're like, oh, my God, we're awesome. We can run. We can drop back. But when you lose those guys and you're playing with Fred Jones and Billy Bolitnikoff and 
it's a little more difficult to drop back and throw and to run the ball. And I think that's where Cincinnati's at right now with the offensive alignment that they have. They're not very good up front. The good thing is Buffalo's not very good on a defensive front right now without Von Miller and some of the pass rushers that they're missing. So um, moving forward, I'm concerned about Cincinnati uh, with their offensive line, but I think they can do it because Joe Burrow's such a – I mean, he, he's, he's a gamer. He's a tough kid. He can handle it. Hey, on the Ravens in that game without Jackson, how do you think that situation's going to end? And, and what? let's say you're the head coach. What would you be thinking, saying, advocating for – it's obvious that there are people in that organization who don't think uh, he had to miss the game based on health, right? Sammy Watkins and J.K. Dobbins have made comments. The coaching staff, including Harbaugh at the podium, has made some weird uh, comments as well as hasn't said anything to defend him while he's under fire. Like, What do you think about all that? You know, it's, it's, I don't understand it, really. I mean, you look at – if I'm the head coach and I am 25 and 6 with – with Lamar Jackson and two and 10 without him, I'd like to think that I'd want to have Lamar Jackson playing and I'd like to pay Lamar Jackson. That's just my thought. I I know how important it is for the quarterback to play, especially a good one like Lamar. I mean, Lamar has his issues throwing the ball, obviously, but I promise you this, when he walks out on the field, you have a much better chance to win with Lamar than without Lamar. And uh, they, they, in my opinion, they should take care of Lamar. This should not be an issue. It should have been a done deal before the season. But now moving forward, if he's not going to be there, who are they going to get? You know, are they going to play with Huntley uh, next year? So they got a lot of issues moving forward in Baltimore. I would think they got to try to take care of Lamar. Jay, if you're watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play offense here, not only this past game against Dallas, but kind of all year long, they struggled a lot and, and pretty frequently. How much of that is Tom Brady? How much of that is sort of scheme design? And how much of that is maybe surrounding and supporting cast? That's a great question because Tom Brady, uh, I mentioned this earlier, that uh, when Tom Brady was at practice, we practiced against him. He ran the whole show. He did the walkthroughs. He called the plays. He did it all. And uh, people are kind of pointing this thing at Leftwich. I don't know if Leftwich is running a show or Brady's running a show. So it's very hard to tell for me or maybe they're button heads. I do not know. But that is a unique situation because I know if I were coaching Tom Brady, I'd be like, hey, what do you like here? Do you want this? Do you like this? And, And we'd communicate. I don't know if that's the case there in Tampa Bay. Maybe they butted heads, and, and uh, uh, it just so happened that Leftwich got fired. But that's a unique situation, and Leftwich did a great job early. But the last this past year, they were they were dreadful on offense. They were terrible. They couldn't run the ball. Their passing game was terrible, and uh, they squeaked into the playoffs and obviously got blown out last night. What did you think of Dak's brilliance? Where did that come from? Well, Dak's got the talent to do that. You know, I think if you keep a guy – it, it all comes down to the score. You know, they jumped out early on them uh, six to nothing because they missed the extra point. Then you have the running game, the play action, and things that Dak is comfortable with. He can throw the quick game. He can run the bootlegs, uh, the nakeds, all that stuff. He's very good at that. Now when he gets down, he has to force to throw it down the field like he was last uh, week against Washington. They got down, they had to throw the ball, and he's trying to hit seam ball. I mean, he, he struggles a little bit, but like most quarterbacks do. But when they're multidimensional – with the run, the play pass, and the naked and bootlegs, Dak Prescott's damn good, and uh, he proved that last night. Any of these teams that kind of eked by or, or got away with it here in, in the first round that you'd like to maybe pull an upset, thinking in round two, like Jacksonville, Kansas City, the Giants on the road in Philly, maybe Cincy and Buffalo. Any any of those teams you say, you know what, I think these guys are going to do it. 
I would say Cincy, more than anybody, even though their line's messed up, I just don't think Buffalo brings a lot of heat. I think that uh, their defense is good enough and they're active enough where they can get some uh, turnovers possibly. Um, And I love Joe Burrow. I mean, if I'm going to take a quarterback to win a game, I'm going to take Joe Burrow over those other guys. Um, I think Kansas City's going to be too tough for Jacksonville. I think Philadelphia's going to run through the Giants. Um, They're just too good, and and Hurts will be better, and they're going to be healthy, and and they're going to play well. So. I'd, I'd give it a great chance for uh, Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati-Kansas City rematch would be awesome to watch. Let's say you're a play caller and an OC in this league. Yeah. <clears throat> Who would you rather be advocating to go get, Lamar Jackson or Tom Brady? Oh, my God. Oh, I got a one-year contract or am I, I got a 10-year contract? That's a good question. Let's say you, 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 uh, let's say you got two years left on your deal. You know, I'd probably take Lamar. You know, I think uh, – Mobile quarterbacks this day and age are critical to success. You know, if you got Tom Brady, you got to have a great offensive line. You got to have a great skill set around you, and it's it's very difficult to drop back and throw. He, I mean, Tom's a great quarterback. Now, twenty years ago, I take Tom Brady. Ten years ago, I take Tom Brady. Five years ago, probably. But right now, I think Lamar would be more effective. I would love to have Lamar some of the zone reads and some of the design quarterback runs and then the play passes. I think it'd be fun to coach Lamar. Plus, he went to Louisville, and I went to Louisville. You know what I mean? A connection sense. there, yeah, yeah. You guys could talk about like uh, the the best food places on campus or something. <laughs> if the brown bag, the brown bag is that the name? That of sounds it? silly. Uh, no, that was that was in Louisville. Yeah, that's, that's where we used to go. I yeah, bet was, you uh, had a, uh, a good meal or two at two thirty in the morning there. Yeah, we had spin the wheel night where you and it would land on a dollar for a pitcher. We love that. That's not bad. If if you're a team that lost in this round. Like, I, I'm thinking mostly of the Chargers here as an example. The Dolphins have a nice excuse, but the Chargers really don't. What's What's your next couple of weeks look like? Oh, you know what? It's it, it's difficult. You know, I was in the playoffs only once, and we lost to Green Bay, obviously. And it, it, it's terrible because you get a taste of the success and the the momentum that you built to get to the playoffs. It's so hard to get there, and then you get knocked out in the first round. And then it's like you know everybody's miserable, you know, so it's a very difficult time. I think, I think uh, coaches should be rewarded for making the playoffs, not fired. Um, unfortunately, a lot of coaches are getting fired now for making the playoffs, but uh, it's a tough situation, but moving forward, you got to figure out what's best for your team. I mean, how do you address your coaching staff? Number one, your players, your free agents, um, your injuries, and then moving forward to draft. So it, it, it's tough. It's a long grind. It's a 365 day a year grind coaching the NFL. The commanders are in the middle of interviewing a bunch of coordinating candidates. Today they're talking to Pat Shermer, whose offenses have struggled uh, over the last, well, ever, I would say. But he's been a coordinator for four different stints and a head coach a couple times. Can you tell us what those interviews are like? Like, If you're interviewing a, a OC or a coordinator, if you're Ron Rivera, can you just take us behind the scenes? Like, What actually is that like? I think first of all, you get you get to know his history and people that know him and, and have worked with him. That's the most important thing and the kind of recommendations. If you don't know him, if you're going in blind and let's say I don't know you and I'm going to interview you, I got to know people that know you so can talk highly of you and and then you know about his system. You you got to watch some film on what he's done in the last two one or two stops. I mean, what's he done? You know, why did he get fired or or what happened? Um, what kind of players did he have? What's his philosophy? On football, so you got to figure all that stuff out. Then you get them on the board. You get to know them a little bit. The issue is you don't really know um, until you get them in front of players and handling adversity and what you're going to call on a first third and three or you know what I mean. What are you going to do a four minute drill or two minute drill? Um, 
it's hard to get all that information in, in a three or four hour interview. Uh, so it's a lot of it is recommendations from other coaches that you know and trust. And a lot of it is uh, just a feel for the guy that you interview. Jay, always great to talk to you, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, bud. Jay Gruden. The Brown Bag sounds like a place I would hang out at. The Brown Bag sounds awesome. Huh? That sounds awesome. We got it. Next time, I was about to say, we got to ask Lamar about that as if we ever talk to him. The next time we chat with Lamar <laughs> right. about the goings on. As hey, if, I know you got a contract <laughs> thing going, but hey, man, what's up with the Brown Bag? You know, weekly Grant and Danny regular Lamar Jackson. Next time we, we talk to Lamar, Lamar is funny. That. What does that even mean? I mean, I will, if I ever meet him, yes. if I go to the Ravens facility for a practice and he's sitting at his locker, I will walk up to him and say, hey, man, you ever go to the Brown Bag, man? Now, why, if you're going up to him in the locker room, are you doing a Jay Gruden impression? Because I think it would be funnier if Jay Gruden's asking about the Brown. And I would say, we used to go there all the time, man, play a little spin the bottle. Bottle would land on a pitcher, man. I don't know. I, mean, I would just see, see if he likes the Brown you Bag. Imagine how confused he'd be. He's like, well, is this guy doing an impression? He's like, of- who is this guy? I don't know him, and he's doing a Gruden impression? I just become Jay Gruden. <laughs> just more than a Jay Gruden. Shocking job. We both went to Louisville. How would you feel about a Pat Shermer hiring? And are you prepared for, frankly, a possible unexciting retread offensive coordinator type to get this job? Want to hear your thoughts on that at 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. We got that coming your way next. Plus, an update on what's going on with Dan Snyder and a potential sale of your beloved commanders. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. With Danny, I'm Grant. This is The Fan. Welcome back, and thanks much 
for making the show part of your day. Always means a lot. So let's get into some ownership stuff before we get back into the coaching staff. Start at the foundation of this offseason, if you will. The reports have been bountiful over the last week or so, starting with A.J. Perez of Front Office Sports saying that Jeff Bezos has not suggested or pitched any kind of number, was not in on the initial bidding for the commanders. That was pretty eye-opening, I'd say. We also found out from A.J. Perez that the number is under $7 billion. In fact, it's closer to $6 billion for the commanders right now. So we'll go through each of these items over the next few minutes, but let's just start with those two. Everyone keeps saying Bezos, Bezos, Bezos. And in fact, if you remember last week on the show, we talked about this. I'd heard from somebody that the Snyders don't want to sell to Bezos. And I'm not saying that they won't. J.P. Finley had a lot of information on this, by the way, NBCSportsWashington.com, I think is where he posted his story. But they would prefer to not pay Bezos. He's going to have to far and away outbid. I mean, the number that I was floated by someone who would know a little bit about what's going on is a number that isn't obtainable. Uh It's not something he would do for Snyder to basically say, for you to get the team, this is what I would want. Now, that's not the end-all, be-all. I'm not writing that in Sharpie, but he wasn't in on the initial bidding. And every time you hear about this team being sold, everyone just assumes it's Bezos. I find that interesting in the way of maybe everyone slow your roll on Bezos a little bit. Well, it's not only Bezos. It's been this constant... Look out for this guy, and then that guy's like out of the bidding entirely. Apparently, like you know, seventy-two hours later, we've seen that a couple times. Uh, the the Bezos angle is people to me. I don't have a good term for it. I, I just call it wish casting. In other words, you go, "Hey, this makes sense." I'll say that as a likely thing. We have no like Jeff Bezos mentioned one time, like he and his girlfriend were like, "Yeah, we like football." He might. Think this is a not a great investment, for example, because you got to pay three billion bucks for a stadium if you want to do construction costs. You have to buy some new land or or do a bunch of renovations or turn this into that, and the logistics aren't that great. And it's not necessarily the simplest thing. Everyone's doing a lot of hey, this is going to happen, like the RFK part of things. GP, this is unbelievably complicated. Talking about RFK when it comes to a stadium and other things. It's currently not in control of the D.C. government. It's a federal thing. You have to work that out. Then you got to work out that all the locals that live over there have no interest in a stadium being put there. Or most of them don't anyway. City council has no interest in it. And the idea is, well, it's not Snyder. It'll just happen. No, there's no just ha- If it does happen, it didn't just happen. It's going to take a lot of work. So everybody's so desperate for information on this thing. And we're all getting these little tiny morsels. And each morsel that we get comes from a source that's looking to have them be benefited in some way, right? Like one of the like what, the name you've heard a bunch is Josh Harris. Josh Harris would like everyone to know that Josh Harris is involved. You see what I'm saying? Like Dan Snyder wants everyone to know that we're going to get more than $7 billion for this thing. So each time we get a morsel because we're all so starved for it, we all need to take a step back, relax, and wait. I'm as impatient as anyone else. I want this thing done. I hope it happens. I hope that my theory is wrong, that this is all just a smokescreen. I do want him gone, obviously more than anything. But at the same time, we're, we're running to each new little uh, lily pad here and going, this is it, it's this. Well, then it's not. Oh, yeah, but this is it. I, I you know? think some of the speculation is a little bit aggressive, right? I mean, it is a little bit irresponsible if we're going, this is guy the guy, learn this guy. And then two days later, this guy's no longer in the running. So <laughs> yeah. everyone needs to slow down a little bit. But I continue to feel like, and I continue to think Dan Snyder's going to sell, and he's going to sell before the start of training camp. I've always thought that would be the case dating back to the day he said he was investigating a sale, and I'm still riding with that. 
AJ Perez has been all over this. By the way, he's going to join us in 25 minutes at 6 o'clock. So he says Commander's bidders, that he just came out with a story within the last hour, have been told by Dan Snyder that he will at least, at the minimum, be selling a majority stake. Talks have progressed. Snyder hasn't publicly stated that he'd follow through with the sale. Jeff Bezos still has not bid, but bankers continue to inquire his interest among the items that come out of this story. But just to read this, there's six bidders, half dozen bidders, have been told that Snyder plans to offload enough to clear the way for a new controlling owner. So this is confirmation for the first time, I would say, by way of reporting that Snyder has told those other owners that he will be selling the majority of the team. That's via a person with knowledge of the situation who is talking to front office sports and A.J. Perez. He says they know he's selling at least a majority stake in the team, according to the source. Uh, Front office sports reported Sunday that Amazon founder Jeff Bezos has yet to enter a formal bid. We talked about that. The first round of bidding closed before Christmas, the highest bid of $6.3 billion. Since it was announced in November that Snyder was exploring all options, that included selling all or part of the team that he's owned since 99, um, and he hired Bank of America, which we know. Talks of removing Snyder subsided since the announcement as owners and league executives told front office sports in December that they expect Snyder to sell enough of the franchise. And that's where you and I have kind of parted ways a little bit is, I know you're nervous, and a lot of people are nervous, that the owners aren't rallying to kick him out. When Jerry Jones says we're not going to vote, or I don't think we should vote, everyone reacts and says, oh, no. And my point is, stop caring about that. He doesn't have the money to own this team anymore. That's why he's going to sell. The $7 billion thing is interesting. I know that 6.3 is not the 7 or 7.5 or whatever. Don't you think it could still get there, though? It could. I mean, it could, like, this was the first bid. Let's say there's six bidders. What happened? Okay, two drop out and go, oh, that's going to take six and a half. I mean, it's like a house. Basically, six people put in an offer on your house. Now your real estate agent goes back and goes, okay, we got six. Make us another offer. Next thing you know, it's 6.7. And two people go back and forth until it's 7.3. So you had this with the with the Broncos sale, for example, where a couple different people, including Josh Harris, a, a name that we keep hearing an awful lot, was going, if I keep upping the bidding, I'm going against the Walton family, uh, the Walmart folks. If they would like this team, they're going to get the team. I'm, I'm going to bow out of the bidding. I think similar would happen if Jeff Bezos was involved and it was a, you know, a, a contest in that way. One thing that got floated that I saw, which made some sense to me, is Bezos is pretty shrewd. He's not going to start the process now. He'll wait till whatever the, the the final high bid is and say, "Okay, I'll I'll just top that by five hundred million dollars or whatever the heck you wanted to do." Right? I'll come and swoop in with the all cash offer, and that'll be that. Or he might not be interested at all. Might be buying the Seattle team if and when it becomes available after their ownership uh, ownership situation kind of gets cleaned up. But to me, this is. I don't know. I mean, whatever whatever you think is happening right now, you're going to find confirmation. Is that, does that make sense? I, I agree. I, I do think A.J. Perez is talking to someone, though, who's tied in. because Oh, he's definitely. Been, he's been right every step of the way. That, that wasn't me criticizing A.J. Perez. I guess what I mean is I, I believe he, he has hurt these things. Oh, sure, right? sure, sure. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, but, but all I'm saying is every lily pad so far has yeah. been right. Yes. Like he said this would happen, and uh-huh. then it did, and this would happen, and then it did. Totally. So whoever he's talking to is really, really smart. Now, there's another wrinkle here. There's another development, and this is from J.P., of uh, B. Mitch and Finley, J.P. Finley. He had this yesterday via NBCSportsWashington.com. He says, I'm going to read the very start of his story. 
The sale of the Commanders will be over soon, in quotes, according to multiple sources speaking with NBC Sports Washington. I mean, that is a bombshell if that bears fruit, right? He says, how soon? That's unclear. But while the NFL might not want any major news stories during its playoffs, an announcement should come, or sorry, I should say, could come as soon as March. Now, could come doesn't mean definitive, right? I mean, there is the idea there, a little bit of a hedge that it might not happen. But JP is saying, will be over soon, and he has heard, by March. Mm. That's a huge deal. Yep. If that happens, it means that the new owner will own this team when the league year begins. That means the new owner will own this team in time for free agency, which now opens a lot of things up for being aggressive and spending money and someone maybe wanting to trade it, move around the draft board or someone who might come in here and Ron Rivera goes, hey, we really like Sam Howell, okay, and they go, the fifth-round pick? Haha, that's cute. I want a superstar. Like we're we're going and getting filling the you know uh-huh. everything changes when you get your new owner because we don't know what that guy is right. going to want to do or how he's going to think. By March is a I've not seen that in a report. There are a lot of people that have speculated and floated that, but that's the first time. And JP had that yesterday, I guess it was that I've seen. He's being told this is going to be over by March. This is happening very very quickly. So yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know. I just hesitate because I don't I don't feel definitive about anything, right? However you're feeling about this, and and we're all hoping that it gets to this to this point that it's over and done with, and we never have to hear from that tyrant again, and you can have a reasonable football operation. That's what we're all hoping for, right? Working back from that, there's still so much uncertainty. Where right now, Steiner isn't under any obligation, right? He could just sort of say. I didn't get my asking price. I'm I'm leaving or I'm taking it back off the market. Or or he could say, Yep, that's good enough. That's the highest bidder. We're going. Period end of story. I don't know. I don't know. You know, th- there's so much mystery to it. I hate not having a good definitive, strong opinion. I just I know what we're working back from, right? We all we all want this. We're all here, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've gone I think, through this. I think your nerves or your trepidation is not necessarily based on the evidence you're seeing. It's based on your fear. That like somehow, some way, it's just not going to happen. Well, to me, the the evidence, the pieces fit for my for my theory, right? The same way they fit for someone that says, "Yeah, this is over." What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like to me, Snyder has masterminded this entire thing. He's still out there with the, his lawyer, thinking this is all conspiracy by the Washington Post, right? He's still they're still publicly giving you that defense and it, that explanation. But it, it doesn't answer how he's going to afford to keep owning this team. I don't know the answer to that yet, but he's got two years to figure it out. But he doesn't have two years of money, potentially. It's, it's not as if they're not going to make payroll no, or but something. I'm, again, something we've talked about on the show a lot is the idea that there is a... Again, it's speculative, but one of the things I've heard is he owes money by a certain date. Two years you know? from now. That's when he owes it. That's the eventual footing of the bill, correct. Right. But if you if you don't have the money in the meantime, you're not keeping the team until then. But I, I guess that's possible. I mean, I... I have not seen anything that makes me think he's he's in, in an effort to continue to own this team. Didn't go to the games at the end of the year. It used to be unthinkable. It's not mm. even going to games totally anymore. True. 800-636-1067. You want to react to that? Plus, we both got thoughts on Pat Shermer and the offensive coordinating search. It looks like it's going to wind through some long-time coordinating options who have been around the league forever. Some retreads. What do we think of that? We're Grant and Danny on the fan.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Top of the hour, we were just talking about A.J. Perez, who had the latest on what's going on with Snyder, the sale ownership of front office sports. He's going to join us 10 minutes from now at 6 o'clock, so make sure you're listening. He just had a report come out in the last hour that Snyder's apparently told the six bidders that he is selling the majority of the team. So we will dive into that with him on Grant and Danny. Do you want to chime in on the offensive coordinating search? So let's get to that. Andy's in Bethesda. What's up, Andy? How are you? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Good, so, pal. look, Pat Shermer. So, one, I'm a Giants fan, so I have a lot of disdain for him, right? <laughs> Never won with us, right? He's had one winning season as an interim coach when he was a whopping 1-0, and and his only other claim to fame was he was assistant head coach or assistant coach of the year for the Denver Broncos. So he's got loser DNA in him, right? And – one thing that I've learned, right, when you guys hired Ron Rivera, I was, I thought at the time I was jealous because we got Joe Judge and you guys got Ron Rivera, and I was like, well, this is going to be an experiment on our, our side, but Ron Rivera, you know, I thought he was a winner. But as you guys have pointed out, he's only had three winning seasons, and, um, you know, Pat Shermer really will pose no threat to take over his job, right, if he continues to suck next year. So maybe he's afraid to go get a winner, right? The Giants – I don't know. I don't know how we lucked into the coaching situation, you know, but we hired a winner from Buffalo. He hired winners from Kansas City. He hired a winner from the Ravens. Go find an offensive coordinator that's a winner somewhere and get some winning DNA back into your coaching staff because you don't have it with your head coach. That's so, not that big of an ask. It's appreciate a good you call, did. as always. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that you need to have a winning record or what have you, but it would be nice to just have something – Proven like Dayball came from Buffalo, where no one can stop that offense, and they get to the AFC Championship game, and they get to the playoffs, and they're Super Bowl contender every year. That's exciting. Yes, this is a guy who was out of football, and before that was on a Broncos team as the OC of a bad offense with bad quarterbacks that couldn't make the playoffs. That was defense first. It's kind of like Washington, but a little bit worse. Honestly, the Commanders barely beat them last year, if you remember, twenty twenty one, when he was their coordinator there. It's just not exciting. 
Tony is in Annandale, home of the Adams. What's up, Tony? Hey, Tony. All right, thanks a lot. You're welcome. Let's go to Josh in Santa Barbara. What's up, Josh? How are hey, you? Hey, Josh. Hey, guys. What's going on? Bought it. So, I mean, since it's possible that the ownership situation is going to be wrapped up by March, is it too much to hope that they could fly right in and just clean house immediately? Um, I mean, I know that that would uh, kind of throw everything up in the air, but, you know, the league year doesn't begin until, what, late March? So, you know, if a new owner is in place the first week, that's enough time. I mean, they've probably done their homework to scoot the coach, the coach out. Anyways, love you guys. Take care. Appreciate you, dude. That's my dream. I know it's late in the NFL calendar, and people will just say that's not done. I I don't know. I, it, it hasn't been done yet. I would say it's. I, I bet you could. I bet you could woo away somebody with a with a Godfather type offer, you know, from from somebody other, some staff, and put something together and do it that way. But it's there's not much precedent for it. To assembling a staff that late. In fact, just as my own editorial for a second, I can't stand how quickly it happens. While the current season is going on, they're doing next season's coaching staff. I think there should be a moratorium, but that's that's my own two cents. I totally agree with that. Put a pin in that because we should talk about that later in the week. I would say. Uh, you have to go through the Rooney Rule process. Mm-hmm. You then are interviewing multiple candidates. You're needing teams while they've already moved on to next year to allow candidates to interview for your job. Not practical. Uh, also, I don't think makes a ton of sense to do it that way. Like, why at that point? Sorry about your luck that you're coming on right in March, but you're going to rush and blow everybody out. To st- No, at that point, you ride it out for the season and see what happens and evaluate your staff. Just like you would when you t- – there's an argument to be made when you take over a company, you should do that anyway. See who you like, see who you don't like, see who's good, see who isn't. I think if you take over in March, that ship is sailed. I think it would be a huge mistake to try to find a whole new staff and blow out your staff. Uh, but is it impossible? No, probably not. I would say extremely unlikely. Grant and Danny on the fan. A.J. Perez of Front Office Sports joins us next. We'll also take some guesses on quarterback futures. Tom Brady – and Lamar Jackson before we get out of here. Caps Power Play coming your way before their game as well. we got a lot to do next on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 